This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody, and welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast, yours for Saints and Pelicans coverage, and greetings from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, welcome into the NBA playoffs round one, where already the Pelicans have an edge over the Blazers after Saturday night's thrilling win at the Moda Center. As you already know, the Pelicans won that game 97-95 to to uh, kind of flip the series on its ear a little bit, and we await game two tomorrow night here in Portland. So a great start to the visit, uh, other than the weather, which has been 50 and rainy like every day. But a great start to the visit, and the Pelicans will continue their work today as they practice over at the Moda Center and to go over more game film in preparation for tomorrow night's game. So our podcast here, obviously pretty heavy on the Pelican side. We'll have some Saints coverage too, more on that in a moment. But we're very pleased to bring you our featured guest today, Rajan Rondo who on Saturday night played in his 97th career NBA postseason game. He was a big part of the victory for the Pelicans as he tied a franchise record with 17 assists. He now shares a record with Chris Paul for most assists in a postseason game in the New Orleans franchise history. So we'll learn today a lot more about Rajon Rondo, his playoff approach, his thoughts on this series, and a couple of other good topics today. Really enjoyed my visit with him uh, yesterday here in Portland at the end of the uh, Pelicans practice. As far as football goes, we'll uh, dive in a little deeper today with Cameron Meredith, new Saints wide receiver who comes as a restricted free agent via the Chicago Bears. Uh, Cameron is recovering from knee surgery, but all signs indicate that he'll be ready to go by the time the team gets together for full-on workouts this summer at Training Camp 2018. Caroline Gonzalez is uh, on that uh, story for us today. She visited with Cameron last week when he was introduced to the New Orleans media and kind of made his first full official visit uh, to our Oscar Sports Performance Center. And so we'll uh, talk about that today. Can you believe the NFL draft is less than two weeks away? I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, We're that close. And, of course, the schedule will be out soon for the New Orleans Saints. We already know the opponents for next year, but we'll get dates and times here shortly. And we're very excited about that as well. Uh, The Pelicans, meanwhile, again, like I said, practicing today in preparation for tomorrow night's game. I'll give you all the broadcast details on tomorrow night's game here from Portland by the time we're done today on this podcast. But if you don't mind, a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll visit with Pelicans point guard Rajon Rondo. Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe. 
original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Welcome back, Pelicans point guard Rajan Rondo, our featured guest on today's Black and Blue Report. Here's my one-on-one visit with the Pelicans point guard yesterday after practice here in Portland. All right, be honest with me. How long did it take you and your teammates to come down from the big win on Saturday night? That was pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, I think we, we came down right away. You know, I thought we cleared the locker room. Um, you know, we knew what we had to do, come out and get the win, but most importantly, we got to make a lot of adjustments to get better and focus on game two. Do you realize you're going to hit 100 career postseason games during this series? Oh, let's <laughs> uh, stay at my age a little bit, but <laughs> I've been uh, fortunate, you know, playing on some really good teams, play for some really good coaches and uh, organizations, so it's just a testament to my hard work and, and discipline and staying focused and trying to do the best for my team. How much does something like that help you in games like what we saw here in Portland in game one? Um, it's, experience is everything, you know, and, and when I first didn't have it, uh, as a young as a young uh, guy in this league, you know, I attended my vets, you know, Paul, Kevin, P.J. Browns, mm-hmm. uh, Marquise Dan, those guys that helped me as far as, uh, you know, the mistakes not to make and and t- try to keep even keel mentality, you know, never never too high, never too low. So last night, once we won game one, you know, guys were happy, but I wanted to get guys off the court as quickly as possible because, you know, we still have you know, a bigger goal in mind. It's interesting. P.J. Brown, when I first came to this organization, was the calm kind of spiritual center of the, of the team. Do you think that you, in a lot of ways, mirror the way that perhaps he did for those young players that you're doing now today? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all my vets, you know. Um, I take pride in being a, a great listener, especially uh, 20, 21 years old. And still to this day, I can learn from so many young guys, me being a vet. But at the same time, uh, whatever my experience has, has been in the past, I try to share my knowledge to these guys, and they're willing to listen. And it's, it's very uh, humbling, and it's great to be in a situation that I'm in now. Game one really tightened up, and then afterwards, Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday both spoke of the fact that you were a reassuring voice to them down the stretch. Um, what is it about your communication with them that maybe f- they find reassuring? Um, I just try to stay, always stay positive. You know, it's all about perspective in, in these situations. Um, we talked about it before the game as far as it's a game of runs. You know, was, we're not going to come here on the road and, and beat a team by 15 or 20 points that, you know, it may have looked like it in the beginning, but at the same time, those guys play hard, and it was a matter of time they made shots, you know, to capitalize off our mistakes which is part of the game. So uh, I wanted to continue to assure guys that, you know, at one particular time, I think we're still up seven. And then again, you know, we're, I think we're up four. So it's like, you know, nevertheless, we have the lead. You know, we're in control of what, you know, what the outcome of the game is. And what we can do is put our hat, lean our hats on, get a defensive stop. And that's what we're able to do. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you put your name in the Pelicans record book on Saturday in game one. Did you know that? 17 assists is tied now for the franchise record for most assists in a playoff game. Not bad. Not bad. I got. I guess I'll try to beat my record eventually one of these games out of these next, you know, hopefully 20, 20 so games we got to play in the postseason. So, but nevertheless, like I said, it's not a record without a win. And as long as we got the win, that's the most important thing. And it's not an assist unless a guy makes the shot. It's one of those weird records that you have a lot to do with it, but you need a little help too. Yeah, you need, you have a lot to do with it, but you have nothing to do with it. You yeah. know, at the end of the day, the ball has to go in through the through your teammates, and that's also trusting your teammates and putting them in the best position to make those shots. Will you give me some insight as to what a McCullum and Lillard backcourt is like? I, I see the numbers, and I've watched them you know, many times with my own eyes, but I've obviously never had to work against them. What is that like? 
It's very difficult. It's, I guess it's like guarding, um, you know, a different version of Stephen Clay. You know, the, one of the two best backcourts we have in our game in a long time. And at the simple fact that they got the ultra green light, um, their range is from, it's, you know, it's unlimited. They can shoot from anywhere and they can shoot anytime they want. So, uh, so you're going to be in probably over 70 pick and rolls in that game versus, you know, 45 flare screens, uh, 48 pin downs. I mean, it's just continuous, you know, attack on the body as far as their bigs getting those guys open. And it's a great, it, it, obviously the system works for those guys and, uh, they carry a lot of the weight, a lot of the load. So uh, as a guard defending those guys, it's, it's tough at the same time when you have bigs that we have uh, that are able to communicate with us and help us on the ball screens when we do need help when we get hit. It's, it's a huge testament to our bigs. I'm glad you brought that up. Fans probably heard me say on the radio the other night that the bigs are up and helping those guys with that tandem. I, and I probably didn't explain it very well. Can you help me explain what bigs up and helping guards really is? Uh, obviously, when, when we get hit by a screen, uh, we're going to be trailing a little bit. If our bigs are back, Dame and CJ are able to have a lot of space and come off and shoot the three, what they've been doing all season. I think if you crowd the bigs, you know, or if you crowd the guard, or if you're up, he has to make a decision to go around. Because obviously a big is about 6'10", you know, our bigs are 6'10", 7 feet tall. It'd be a tough, difficult three, which they do make at times to shoot a three over those guys, but at the same time, it's a low percentage shot. Think back to a year ago, you were a part of a Bulls team that was the lower seed and took the first two games of that series, kind of turned that series on its head. Um, obviously, the injury changed the whole series, the injury to you. Can you lean back on what that experience was last year and how that series started off as far as it goes for this year? Oh, two totally different teams. Okay. Uh, you know, Obviously, 1-8 versus 3-6 is, is a little bit different as well, but at the same time, uh, getting game one, you know, on the road is big. You know, I think they say once you win on the road is when the playoff starts, especially in the series. So, you know, obviously they're going to be very hungry coming out game two. And, you know, we want to be even hungry as far as, you know, I was saying earlier, there's so many adjustments we can make and get better on both ends of the floor and give our coaching staff, you know, a lot of credit. You know, we, we I think we're going to make the right adjustments come game two. And that's what it's all about, you know, going back and forth uh, throughout each game and making adjustments and try to find the right fit, you know, to, to exploit the other team's schemes. In your experience, and we talked about that at the start, you have a lot of it. Is there is the biggest difference in the series between game one and two, or is that maybe overblown a little bit? No, it's overblown. Each game is a game in its own, its own right. Um, you know, game one is completely out the window. Like I said, we want to learn from it, and but I'd rather learn from a win than a loss. So I'm happy with that outcome. But for the most part, uh, game two is its own game in itself. You know, nothing else matters game one besides adjustments you'll make. Um, but you also have to make it, you have to be ready to make adjustments during the game. So uh, we all have to be locked in on every time out. You know, if coaches they see something different, they see out there on the floor because you don't get a chance to go back and make adjustments because, you know, obviously a loss could, you know, can win or break the series. Right. Speaking of learning, I always learn a lot when I talk to you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. All right, stay with us. We'll turn our attention to football. Carolyn Gonzalez joins us from the Oscar Sports Performance Center and Studio B after these messages. Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. In 1907... Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top-quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us. The neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. 
And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe. Original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more. And always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue on this Monday on the football side. Let's check in with the New Orleans Saints. And as promised from the start of our podcast today, a one-on-one visit with new Saints wide receiver Cameron Meredith. He is 25 years old from just outside of the Chicago area, played his college football at Illinois State, and then was signed by the Chicago Bears as an undrafted free agent in 2015. He'll now come to New Orleans as, an, as a restricted free agent and coming off of a knee injury. But Meredith shows tremendous upside, worked his way all the way up the depth chart in Chicago, and hopes to be a big part of the passing attack of the New Orleans Saints in the 2018 season. Here's Cameron Meredith visiting with our own Caroline Gonzalez. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and I'm joined here by the newest addition to the New Orleans Saints, wide receiver Cameron Meredith. Cameron, welcome to the New Orleans Saints. Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Now, Cameron, what went into the decision to sign with the Saints after visiting some of the other teams? Um, you know, honestly, after I took the visit, I just felt like it was the best fit. Um, it was great people. It was a great city. Good vibe. Um, you know, CJ, the coach, receivers coach, was a um, – you know, a big part of my development in Chicago. So um, him being there was another factor. What was one of the things that you took away from CJ as one of the most valuable things that he taught you during your time together? Uh, so many things to choose from, but, um, you know, I'm excited to learn more from him. But, uh, you know, he did definitely t- teach me a lot about being a pro um, and, you know, the little intricacies of being a receiver. So um, a lot of that stuff helped me in. And later in my games in, in that, in that uh, 2016 season. How do you think you're going to pair with Drew Brees, and what are you looking forward to the most about playing with him? I think uh, it's going to be a lot, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I know he's a first ballot Hall of Fame type quarterback who's going to you know expect a lot of things from his guys. He's going to put in the work, so he's going to expect us to put in the work. So, um, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit more intense, but, you know, I'm all for it. And, um, you know, he's going to make me a better player and, you know, hopefully I can make him a better player. You don't if seem like makes- the type of guy that shies away from hard work, especially coming back from an ACL injury. So can you tell me a little bit about the rehab process and how it's gone? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, um haven't had any setbacks, like I said before. Um, it's, been, it's been a long road, but um, <laughs> you know, I've made progress day by day and month by month. Um, you know, I, can, I can tell the strength is coming back and, um, you know, it's hard to, to be sitting out when you know you could be doing a little bit more, but at the same time, you don't want to do too much. So um, I've had great, great assistants, um, great doctors, and, and um, sorry, for, sorry about that, therapist okay. who uh, helped me um, kind of stay on track and stay on the right path and not do too much or do too little. So you visited New Orleans when you visited the Saints, correct? Yeah, pretty much. So, what was your favorite meal when you were here? Did you have more than one? Um, actually, I got to the hotel and there was complimentary gumbo oh. in the lobby, so that was dope. You can't beat that, right? Was it good? It was great. Was it your first time eating gumbo? No, 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 not at all. Okay, good. That's good. Um, so, I'm curious about um, 
what you're most what you're, oh, sorry, what you're most looking forward to about coming to New Orleans. Now we do have 11 months until Mardi Gras, so you should know that. But there are plenty of things, including football season, until then. So what are you looking forward to the most about New Orleans? Other than um, football. Yeah, I was about to say just the the, uh, the atmosphere during the season. I, you know, I've watched intro videos to to Mercedes-Benz do Superdome, and you know, it looks so fun. So. I'm excited to just be a part of new culture and new tradition. Uh, the fans, I'm excited to meet them and, you know, kind of get this thing going. Well, definitely make sure you leave your coats in Chicago because I don't think you'll need them while you're here. Mm, yeah, I won't be complaining either. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for speaking with me, Cam. I know, do you like Cam or Cameron? That's fine. Okay. Um, I know I'm not the only person in New Orleans who's looking forward to you joining the Saints next season, and we're, uh, we're excited to have you. I appreciate that. I can't wait to meet everybody. Thanks. All righty. Thanks, guys. Great stuff. We wish Cameron all the best in his rehab, and we'll look to see him on the field sooner rather than later. That'll do it for us on this Monday here in Portland. We uh, hope that the sun comes out at some point. Otherwise, we'll be in preparation mode for tomorrow night's Game 2 of the series between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Portland Trailblazers. Be another late night, Pelicans fans. 9.30 Central time is the tip. The ball game will be broadcast locally for television on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers, Jen Hale, and David Wesley. Nationally, the ball game will be on TNT. Ian Eagle has the play-by-play call for that, and of course we'll have it on radio as well on the New Orleans Pelicans radio network and the flagship station 99.5 WRNO-FM. Coverage for most outlets beginning at 9 central again, tip-off at 9.30. The Pelicans would love to take two here before coming back home to the Smoothie King Center for Game 3 on Thursday. Don't forget, 504-525-HOOP is the number to call or go to pelicans.com to make sure you're in that number for Game 3 on Thursday night. We anticipate a full and electric atmosphere at the Smoothie King Center and the Pelicans hopefully again, not only with one win, but maybe with two on their way back for Games 3 and 4. We'll take a a little pause here and uh, get you all set for a podcast on Wednesday as well from uh, Portland, Oregon, and Studio B in New Orleans. For all of our guests today, Rajan Rondo and Cameron Meredith, and big thanks, of course, to Caroline Gonzalez. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time right here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.